You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore dadab. So today I want to continue on with what we did a couple days ago because we don't have any late-breaking news, and I'm getting tired of talking about coaches as it is anyways. So we're going to do something that's a little bit more fun now. Um, As a recap for what I'm talking about, this is a question that I got from Matt. And just for the sake of clarification, I'll read it again because I don't expect you to remember from two days ago necessarily. So allow me to read it. Can you compare the best teams in the league compared to us? Do the best teams in the league have poorly rated players, or is everyone good? If you listed every player on the Packers based on their performance this year from top to bottom and compared it to the same list of the best team in the league, how would we compare? Are we really three or four players away, or is the disparity much larger than that? So here's how I want to attack this today. I've got the four remaining playoff teams. I'm going to go position by position, not looking necessarily at backups I'm looking at starters you know for example even like number two running backs etc etc and not even necessarily coming to a conclusion about which is definitively better you can kind of decide that on your own I'll give my opinion kind of hard to decipher you know if your running back is a little bit better but they have a number two and three that are also like really good then it's you know whatever it doesn't really matter it's not really the point just to kind of analyze us compared to them but then Because I don't think that's going to take an entire show. I want to grab four teams that are not good. Just to show the difference. Right? I mean, is it... Are we kind of close, but everybody's kind of close? Is it that we're close and then there's a big discrepancy between the people down below? Are we going to find that, oh, there's some similarities, but then if you look at, you know, really garbage teams, it's like, oh, well, we have a lot more in common with them. Just to kind of... Just want to kind of paint a picture to to give a little bit more context because I think we kind of tend to paint with broad strokes. Especially after a bad season, we tend to look a little bit more negatively at everybody. And then all the negatives are the reason, right? Well, we don't have this, and that's why we're terrible. But, you know, you look at other teams, it's like, well, have you seen the Rams linebackers? Because they literally have not a one that's any good. But anyways, that is what I plan to do. Before we get there, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help support the podcast. It is very, very much appreciated. You guys are, at least for now, keeping ads off the show. There is a constant draw, but um, I am pretty proud. This is a daily podcast, which is saying a lot when you're one guy, you know, and there's, I mean, I get sick. I've had stuff happen in life, you know. But I still keep grinding, man. This is the one thing I have to do every day. And considering how undisciplined I am in just about every other facet of my life, I'm a little proud of this that I've done here. (laughs) But again, little as a buck a month would really, really be appreciated. As I've also said, I'm looking to find some people to join into the 300 Club. This, I believe, were 397? I'm sorry, 297? So if you haven't given yet, if you don't plan on getting in Patreon, if you're not already in Patreon or, or donating in other ways, I don't expect you guys that are already doing it to do more. I'm just saying for those that haven't quite yet, if you're looking for ways to contribute, a $3 donation on episode 300 in and around would be kind of an awesome little tribute to uh, to what I've done here. 
Because when I started, when I rebooted for this year, it was episode 100. So we got about 200 episodes just through this season so far. It's funny because I'm in podcasting groups and um, you listen to people talk and they're like, man, I don't know how to do it. I'm so proud. You know, I'm, I'm on episode 100. It only took me literally like 10 years. And it's like, what are you guys doing with your lives? <laughs> like, why are you even pod? You've been doing this 10 years. You got 100 episodes. Cash it in, brother. Like, yeah, man, I do one episode a month and I got 400 listeners. Like, oh, oof. Do your thing, man. Do your thing. But anyways, if you check the link in the description or uh, just check the description, there's a lot of different links for ways to support the channel. It would be greatly appreciated. A lot of ways you can support outside of financial stuff, though. Number one, you can go to Packernet.com. I am uh, in sort of a three-way partnership with a couple other guys. I know I've mentioned it before, but uh, I was writing for several other outlets, but um, I decided to stick with Packernet. Even though some of them were a little bit bigger, and I realized that that would be a good way to kind of build my reputation. The first time I wrote an article for this other uh, website, it was... I remember I was going to Florida, and I had just written an article, probably at the last hotel we were at. We get to the new hotel in Florida, and I just want to check to make sure the internet's working. I type in Packers on my phone, and my article was literally sitting at number one. I got 100,000 reads in like the first day. So it's like, you know, I had to kind of pick. Do I want fame and notoriety to kind of build my brand, or do I want to stick with something that I really like and can be a bigger part of and all that kind of stuff? And I chose Packernet, and I'm very happy that I did. But um would be awesome if you could kind of make that part of your routine when you're seeing what's going on with the Packers. Be sure to, to start your day with Packernet Podcast, Packernet.com. And then when you're ready to do the draft, you can also support. I mean, there's no ads on the uh, the website or anything, but go to NFLBigBoard.com. It would be greatly appreciated. Google at this point in time has no has no idea how awesome it is, and it's only going to find out how awesome it is when people keep going there because they need the information. So that would be another way to support my endeavors. Also, just sharing, right? Rate the podcast, share the podcast, tell people about Packernet, tell people about NFLBigBoard.com. Just kind of get it out there. And I've posted uh, NFL Big Board on a couple different draft things on Facebook, and I've had some comments like, how in the world did I not know this existed? I've seen other people comment, like, no, man, he's ranked, like, 54th with a screenshot of NFL Big Board. It's like, oh, but that's my baby. So proud. But, again, all of these things are relative unknowns. You talk about Packers websites, nobody talking about Packernet.com. When you talk about Packers podcast, nobody talks about Packernet podcast. When you talk about NFL draft websites, nobody's talking about NFLBigBoard.com. I like what we're doing, but it's not very well known and could use your help. Anyways, that was a long enough rant. If I left anything out, I left it out. Oh, phone number. I don't know what it is. It's in the description. Check it out. It starts with 608. I know that much. I know that's not my real phone number. It's a Google Voice thing. I know I'm not going to answer, so feel free to call leave a message. All right, let's do this thing. Oh, that's good coffee. It's always re- The best coffee is when it gets to the point where it's still really warm, but you can chug it, and also you're extremely tired. So you just take a gigantic gulp, and it just... Just energy. I feel like a superhero. Like that one guy when he got bit by that spider. Like, I feel powerful. I don't know if he ever said that, but I feel like he would have said that. It was implied, all right? Get out of my face. I don't know superhero stuff. Man, I wish I just had a gallon jug of this stuff. Oh, my goodness, that's so good. All right. 
So the four teams we're looking at, for those that don't know, we got the New Orleans Saints, we got the LA Rams, we got the Kansas City Chiefs, we got the New England Patriots, and we have the Green Bay Packers. So starting off with quarterback, this one's relatively simple. Every single team that is in the NFL playoffs currently has a top 10 quarterback. Tom Brady is graded as the fourth best quarterback in the NFL right now. Pat Mahomes is the second best quarterback in the NFL at this particular point in time. Jared Goff is the eighth best quarterback. Drew Brees is numero uno. Aaron Rodgers is the fifth best quarterback. So the Packers are right in there. So I'm going to go through all these positions, but try to keep in the back of your mind the importance of each position because that's going to be relevant as well. you probably got a lot of bad teams who have a good player somewhere, but if your one good player is a linebacker, man, you're going to struggle a little bit. It's the first piece, it's the most important piece, and are the Packers number one? No, but do they have the quarterback required to get to where we need to be? The answer is yes, because that's ultimately the question here. It's not even necessarily who has the best team, because that's, first of all, nearly impossible to quantify. Even so, analyzing 2018 does almost nothing to analyze 2019. I mean, if, if we haven't learned that by now, we're going to struggle. I mean, we, we, we can deduce a few things. A lot of these quarterbacks are going to be good next year. Nothing is guaranteed, especially with injuries. Sometimes people fall off, have bad years. It happens. But you start talking about, you know, a lot of different guys really flash for a year and then fall off. It just, who knows? But the Packers are right in this thing as far as quarterback is concerned. Looking at wide receiver. There's a couple different ways to analyze this, and and one thing that I'm curious about that I think the Packers maybe lack is genuinely, I don't know if you want to necessarily call them elite, but those really good players. And this is something I've been talking about with the draft where I really want to stress, you know, rather than just like filling gaps with guys that are good, the the Packers are loaded with average players. I mean, just let me just look at it real quick because it's unbelievable how many guys have average grades. Equinemia St. Brown, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Randall Cobb, Geronimo Allison, um, Jay Kumaro, Alan Lazard, Jamal Williams, Capri Bibbs. I mean, Williams is kind of high, but whatever. Um, Danny Vitale, Trey Carsons, Lance Kendricks, Jimmy Graham, Robert Tanyan, uh, Justin McCray, Lane Taylor, Adam Pankey, Alex Light, Jason Spriggs, Josh Jackson, Kevin King, Bashad Breland, uh, Tremont Williams, Josh Jones, uh, let's see, Will Redmond, Antonio Morrison, James Crawford, James Looney, Clay Matthews, Reggie Gilbert. All of those guys are graded as average. Almost the entire team is average. You sprinkle in a couple guys that are good. You know, the a lot of the defensive linemen are good. You got uh, Montrevious, Mohamed Wilkerson, Mike Daniels, Dean Lowry, Tyler Lancaster, um, Blake Martinez, uh, Jair, Balaga. You know, maybe three more guys. I just finished it. Jamal Williams, uh, Corey Lindsley, and that's about it. So otherwise, you've got like three elite players, Rodgers, Devontae, and Kenny Clark, and the rest are bad. But there's not much, I mean, it's just there's so much average, and I feel like this is what we've been doing for years is adding average talent. Ted Thompson was the master of getting average guys, guys that are good enough technically to be on a football field but just not very good at their job. Like, they just, eh, sometimes they show flashes, but they all fail. Like, nobody is just locked down, nobody's just tearing it up, nobody's just solid all the time. We don't have another guy. A lot of other teams do, and there's just so much average. So anyways, 
one thing, the one question is top tier talent. And then there's like the depth, especially when you look at wide receiver, you want a number two, you want a number three, you probably want a four if you can muster it and as many as you can get great because we can spread it out for days. So first of all, looking at elite talent, the, you know, we obviously have Devontae Adams. Uh, the New Orleans Saints have Michael Thomas, who's the second highest graded wide receiver. You got Robert Woods, who is a top 10 guy. Tyreek Hill is a top 10 guy. The only team that doesn't have it is the New England Patriots. So we could say the Patriots have the worst wide receiver group of the group. However, um, if you look at top tier, or if you look at depth, they have guys that are good. Julian Edelman, Josh Gordon, Philip Dorsett, Cordero Patterson. They're all good wide receivers. Not one of them is top tier, what up dance party, but they're all good. You look at the Kansas City Chiefs, Tyreek Hill, elite. Sammy Watkins is good, and then you got, uh, you know, I don't know, kind of smaller sample size. So, so, so they've got a number one wide receiver that's better than Devontae, and then they've got Sammy Watkins, who's, you know, better than our number two. So their number one is better than our number one. Their number two is better than our number two. The Rams easily have the best group. Robert Woods is their number one elite wide receiver. Brandon Cooks is better than our number two. Cooper Cup is better than our number two, and he's their number three. Josh Reynolds, I think, is their number four, is better than any of our number twos. So the Rams wide receiver group is awesome. If you look at the Packers group, we've got, well, I guess let's do the Rams. They've got Michael Thomas, who's the number two wide receiver in the NFL. After that, there is a bit of a fall off, but Traquan Smith is still better than anybody we have. He's not good, but, you know, when you have Traquan as your number two, who's probably the second worst number two of the group, but they've got the number two wide receiver in the NFL. That makes up for a lot of it. The Packers have Devontae Adams, who's the ninth highest graded wide receiver. So he is top 10, and that's awesome. But Equinemius is number 83 in the NFL. He's average. He's our second best wide receiver. We don't have any depth at wide receiver, and we're really the only group that doesn't have it. Again, maybe the Saints don't really have it, but they have a better number two and a better number one. So as far as elite, the Patriots are probably the worst group, but they have probably the at least the second best depth of any group. As far as depth... The Packers, I think, are the worst team. Well, I know they're the worst team. Analyzing the wide receiver group as a whole, we're probably the worst team. But having Devontae is important. That's an important piece. We just need at least somebody else. And whether that's developing EQ, Marquez, Jamon, whatever, fine. But we got to have somebody step up and at least be good. No more of this average nonsense. So arguably the Packers have the worst wide receiver group. But again, that number one wide receiver is that we're, we're talking about a, a really important position and the Packers do have it. We just don't have the depth. Looking at the running back group, again, everybody's kind of got it pretty good. Easily the best group here is going to be the New Orleans Saints because not only is Alvin Kamara the best guy of anyone, and that's including everything, right? He's a very good pass blocker, elite receiving back, and a good running back. And, you know, his running grade is very good, but they also have Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram is very, very good as well. So they have top tier as well as depth. You look at the Rams, they've got Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley is a very good running back. They've also got Malcolm Brown and C.J. Anderson, which relatively small sample size, but they've both done pretty well uh, with the opportunities that they've had. And both of them over 100. C.J. Anderson's closing in on 200 uh, snaps. And by the way, C.J. Anderson is about as bad as you'll find anywhere as a receiving back or a pass blocking back, but as a true running back... He might be the best of the entire group as far as his grade right now. 
so they, they've got some talent there. There's a little bit of question about the depth because it's, you know, I'm not really sure about those guys. Kansas City Chiefs, they lost their running back. Everybody thinks that that's uh, sort of a massive detriment. Um, Damian Williams, though, has been pretty solid. 16th best running back in the NFL. Um, he does have a very good grade. Behind him is Spencer Ware, who is graded as good. Uh, behind him, Daryl Williams, also graded as good. Very, very small sample size, but still, you feel pretty good about the depth, especially since Damian Williams is technically the number two as it is. You look at the Patriots, um, I, I feel like it's the exact same thing as with their wide receivers. They don't have real top-tier talent. As far as their number one running back, they have probably the worst of the group, but they have plenty of depth. Um the guys that are graded as good, Sony Michelle and James White both. Jeremy Hill, also not terrible. He's on IR, hasn't played very much, but, you know, he's decent. Rex Burkhead did not have a very good year compared to last year, but they've, they've got the depth. The Packers also have it pretty good, though. The only guy who is graded higher than Aaron Jones is Alvin Kamara, but if you look at um, his just the run grade, in other words, take out receiving, take out, well, you don't have to take out pass blocking. He might be the best pass blocker, too. But just looking at the the grade he got based on running the football, he is far and away the best running back of this group. It's not even close. It's actually the exact same thing with pass blocking. And I, I mentioned this before, too. If we can get him to be a better receiver, because he graded out his average, as did Jamal, as much as, again, everybody wants to talk about how great receivers they are, he was almost elite as a pass blocker. It's, 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 it's kind of stunning when you look at the other running backs how far... And listen, we're talking about Alvin Kamara. We're talking about Todd Gurley. Uh, we're talking about Sony Michelle, who was a first-round draft pick. James White, who's been around for quite a while. Um, you know, Damian Williams, I don't really know. But these are top-tier guys. Nobody can touch what Aaron Jones has done. As a runner or as a pass blocker, really, really incredible. Now, as far as depth, we don't have a lot of bodies. But Jamal Williams is just about in that good category. So you could say we definitely have enough depth. Again, I'd like to get another just person in here because it's so thin we've got Capri Bibbs who isn't very good but just just somebody but I would say the Packers have I I, I don't know who I'd really want to trade with other than maybe the Saints you know when you've got Mark Ingram who is the only guy that's even close to Aaron Jones's uh, rushing grade and it's he's not as good and he's definitely not as good of a pass blocker but you marry that with Alvin Kamara who is a good running back but an elite receiver, a good pass blocker. I mean, you, you get that tandem, that's that's pretty scary stuff. But as to the question that we're asking, um, you know, as far as like, are they that much ahead of us? No, not not in this category. Um, as far as wide receivers, maybe a little bit. Quarterback, no. So, so far, especially since offense is our biggest concern, I, I kind of think we have enough. Again, a number two wide receiver would be nice. Other than that, though, we're right in the running or better than a lot of these teams that are currently in the playoffs. But let's continue. Fullback, I I don't really know that I care all that much. Danny Vitale had 20 snaps this year. I mean, what? I don't care. So let's move on to tight end. Now, this is obviously an area that hurts quite a bit. Um, the Patriots aren't nearly where they would like to be. Rob Gronkowski is graded as the 16th best tight end. I'm sorry, 12th. I wish they wouldn't put that number there because I always think that's... I don't know what that is even. But that's not typical Rob Gronkowski production. But then you look at the Chiefs, Travis Kelsey, right? Elite, elite tight end. You look at uh, the Rams, they've got Gerald Everett. Gerald Everett is a very good tight end, but they also got Tyler Higbee, who is another pretty good tight end, and uh, 
Johnny Mund, who, again, small sample size, but another good tight end. So th- these guys are, are pretty good. The Saints, a little bit closer to what the Patriots have. No real top-tier elite guys. Benjamin Watson is a good uh, tight end. Dan Arnold, who, you know, 141 snaps, was pretty solid. Josh Hill, not very good. So not top-tier, but they've got some good players and a little bit of depth. The Packers have nothing. The Packers have not one good player. Um, the only guy who is even a hair above average, and I mean a hair, is Robert Tanyan, and he had 68 snaps, so it's kind of too small of a sample size to even analyze it. Jimmy Graham, who had 795 snaps with the team, was below average. Lance Kendricks, with 315 snaps, was just... It, it was 60.5 was what Lance Kendricks had. 60 is average. He's as average as you can get. Jimmy Graham, 59.4. Exactly average. Robert Tanyan, 61.2, exactly average. Mercedes Lewis, 191 snaps, 52.2 below average. Now, here's the thing that kind of intrigues me, though, because I've talked about how Mike McCarthy doesn't know how to utilize tight ends, and you look at a lot of this. What, what are we talking about here? New Orleans Saints, um, especially, though, the Chiefs and the Rams, these are sort of the, the cutting-edge offenses. I, do, I wonder how much of the success of the tight end, and obviously these guys are talent, or at least... Travis Kelsey is a freakishly talented guy, but look what happens when you get a freakishly talented tight end on an Andy Reid team. He's the number two tight end in the NFL. Elite grade. Gerald Everett is not elite. You get him with Sean McVay, though, he's a top tight end in the NFL. Tyler Higby, not even close to elite. He's he's a decent tight end in the NFL. I'm curious what happens to the Packers if they get a different kind of scheme that knows how to utilize tight ends a little bit better knows how to scheme them open and actually utilize their strengths. And then from there, you know, whether we want to stick with Jimmy Graham, maybe he's washed up, maybe he's not, I don't really know. But then you look at the draft and, and you know, whether it's somebody early like Noah Fant, whether it's a second round, third round, fourth round guy, whatever, but you get somebody else in there that's even like a Gerald Everett or Tyler Higby level player, which is a very mediocre guy, but you get him in a scheme like this, suddenly the problem is kind of fixed. And in 2019, it might be fixed Anyways, we'll have to see. I mean, maybe Robert Tanyan could be the guy. And I'm not talking about being Travis Kelsey. I'm just talking about can he be Tyler Higbee. You know, Tyler Higbee was a fourth-round draft pick. So anyways, again, back to the original question. Tight end is a very serious problem for this team because we just don't have anybody. But the question I have is can LaFleur utilize the guys we have? Because that's going to be the biggest thing. If he can turn things around as they are, we don't have to stress it as much. We don't have to go dipping into free agency. We don't have to expend draft picks. I mean, we got to put them somewhere. But it would be very, very, very awesome if we could just fix the guys we have. And again, I'm not looking for New Orleans Saints Jimmy Graham. I'm just looking for a guy that can be somewhat useful to the team. right? Can our offensive coordinator, who was the offensive coordinator for Mercedes Lewis with the Jacksonville Jaguars, can he just get Mercedes Lewis doing what he did in Jacksonville? Because that in and of itself fixes everything. That's 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 worth the price of admission <laughs> as it is. I mean maybe I'm overstating it a bit, but that's that that makes it that's worth a lot in my opinion. Anyways, looking at uh offensive line, I'm going to start from the center and work my way out. Obviously the Packers have a very good center. Uh, I believe of this group he is the top guy. Uh the Patriots David Andrews is close, but uh Corey Lindsley is the best center of the group. Um all of them are good with the exception of Max Unger with the Saints and uh, John Sullivan with the Rams. 
So are we where they're at at the dead center? Yeah, or better. You say, okay, but what about guard? Well, let's look at guard. Justin McRae and Lane Taylor right now are graded as above average, rated at about 65. The Rams, Roger Saffold and Austin Blythe, really good guards. The Patriots, Shaq Mason, Joe Tooney, Thooney, went to school with somebody, her name was Tooney, T-H-U-N-E-Y, so I just assume that's what it is, but I think this is Thooney, I think it's spelled properly, or pronounced properly. But these guys are very, very good. You look at the Kansas City Chiefs, however, they're almost in the exact same situation as the Packers. Andrew Wiley, 65. Um, Cam Irving played most of the year, I think he's benched now, but he's absolutely horrible. I don't know if they actually put him in, but uh, Laurent Davernay Tardif, very French weird name, 63.2. So they have basically the exact same situation, except with not quite as good of a... uh, Kansas City Chiefs offensive line is just very similar to ours. That's all there is to it. But anyways, then you slide over here to the New Orleans Saints. Again, they have Max Unger, who's not a very good center. Larry Warford is about as good as some of the guys that we have. But you look at Andrus Pete, A-Biz-Amal. They've got a guy by the name of Cameron Tom, horrible. Josh Laribius, horrible. He's on IR, but horrible. Uh, Michael Ola, also on IR, also horrible. Will Clapp, maybe there's something there. I don't know. They don't play him. They benched him. So they have terrible guards paired with a average center. So as far as offensive interior, the Saints have a horrible group. Um, the Patriots really solid group, and uh, the Rams, good guards, not a good center. So I would say we're kind of right in the mix. We're better than the Saints, dead even with the Chiefs. The only one that really stands out is the Patriots, but let's look at tackles now. David Bakhtiari, number one in the NFL, very, very good. Brian Balaga, also very good. Not literally very good, according to, he's good, according to my vernacular. You look at the Saints, they do have very good tackles. Terrible interior but uh, Teron Armstead and Ryan Ramzik, both top 10 tackles, really solid group. You look at the Rams, even better. Rob Havenstein and Andrew Whitworth, number three and number four tackles in the NFL, incredible. You look at the Chiefs, Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher, that's pretty similar to what we've got, but not quite as good. Mitchell Schwartz is five compared to Bakhtiari, who's number one. Eric Fisher is 27 as opposed to Balaga, who's 20. So pretty similar, but not quite to the same degree. Then you look at the Patriots, and as per usual, Marcus Cannon and Trent Brown are both good but not great, which is just kind of their M.O., right? Shaq Mason at guard is their one really good player, but David Andrews is is good. Joe uh, Thune is good. Marcus Cannon is good. Trent Brown is good. So just solid across the board. But overall, as far as offensive line, the, the Packers have a very good tackle group, maybe not the best of this group. The Rams probably have the best, but, the, but it's, it's solid by NFL standards. You look at the interior as a whole, the guards aren't great but are comparable to a lot of other teams, especially when you factor in Corey Lindsley and then factor in the tackles. I think the Packers are are as good or better than this group of teams at offensive line. Would I like to upgrade the guards? Of course I would. Do I think it's absolutely necessary? Well, obviously it's not because look at the Rams. And that's kind of the thing as you go through this, you look at it, it just starts to take away all the excuses. I mean, if you want to pin it all on a number two wide receiver and a tight end as to why this team isn't successful, fine. But it starts to take away the excuses as far as personnel, and you really start to realize this is sort of a culture thing. I mean, yeah, we could use more talent, and that would be awesome. And as I've 
continually said over and over and over and over and over again, I'd like some top-tier talent. But at the end of the day, this is a roster who had more than enough talent. At least so far, we'll continue on, but the talent is there to make a playoff push. It just wasn't happening. You can blame that on Rodgers with his attitude. You can blame it on not really injuries, but if you want to go that way, you can. You can blame it on McCarthy, the coaching staff, the stagnation, whatever. But so far, to the point of the question, I don't see any excuses that uh, kept us out of the playoffs. So let's slide over to defense now. The first question is, does everybody have a true number one? Because I think similar to wide receiver, but even to a more important degree, you got to have that number one guy. For our purposes, I'm saying number one is top 32. If you have a number one guy that's in the top 10, even better. The only two teams that have that elite prospect are the New England Patriots, who have Stephon Gilmore, and uh, the Rams, who have Nickel Roby Coleman, who is, I believe, a slot guy, but still, he is a top 10 corner in the NFL right now. The only team that does not have a cornerback in the top 32 is the Green Bay Packers. And again, I keep stressing it, and the reason I do is because I know a lot of Packer fans don't want to hear it, but it's just what it is. Actually, you know what? I absolutely lied. Jair is exactly... 30 seconds, so I guess we made the cut. But really, there, there still aren't a ton of excuses. We do have to get better at corner, and that's why I wanted to get rid of Joe Witt, because we've got a ton of early draft picks. You look at a lot of these other guys, they don't have the draft capital or even the free agency capital invested in ca- in uh, the cornerback position as we do. Jair is a mid-first. Josh Jackson is a second-round guy. Kevin King is an early second-round guy. Bra- Bashad Breeland we just went out and got in free agency. All of these guys, and we could even throw Tremont in there if we wanted to, all these guys should be at least, at least top 50. Jair is the only one that's top 50. Kevin King, Josh Jackson, Bashad Breeland, Jair should all be top 50. We need to get people in that can develop as it is. Otherwise, we're going to have to go back into the draft and dip back in. I don't want to do that anymore. This should be it. We should be done. We've got all the youth and talent we need. Jair, Josh Jackson, Kevin King. you got King and Jackson on the boundary, Alexander on the slot, and we're done. But we can't because nobody's good enough to be on the boundary. We have to put Jair on the outside which means we have to put Josh Jackson in the slot where he's not quite as good. Kevin King, we can't even keep on the field. But again, as far as taking away excuses, if you look at the New Orleans Saints, they have Marshawn Lattimore. Now, Marshawn Lattimore is better than Jair Alexander, but they don't have much behind him. Eli Apple is average. P.J. Williams is below average. Ken Crawley is below average. Um, It's just not a good group. So the Saints don't have a very good situation at cornerback either, but they make do. Would it be nice for them to go out and find another cornerback? Yeah. But, again, we don't really have... It's not a situation where everybody else has got it covered, and that's why they are where they are, and we can't get there because we don't have this. It's not The Saints don't have it either. Uh, the Rams are kind of similar. If you look at it, they have Aqib Tlaib and Nikel Roby Coleman are two good uh, cornerbacks. Behind them, they don't have much of anything. Troy Hill, not very good. Sam Shields, not very good. Marcus Peters has not been very good. None of these guys are any good. If they lose Aqib Tlaib, all they have is Nikel Roby Coleman, who's still better than Jair at this particular point in time. We'll see how it goes, but they're in a similar situation that we are. If you look at the Chiefs, they have essentially the situation that I want to have. None of these guys are elite, 
but they've got four cornerbacks that all can kind of hold their own. Steven Nelson, Kendall Fuller, Orlando Scandrick, Charvarius Ward. Let's at least get there. All of them are just barely good, but I'll take that. Just, just don't be horrible, please. Yeah, it'd be nice to get a true number one lockdown guy, which Jair, we thought he was going to be, but he really fell off at the end of the year. Which, by the way, for a lot of people that are upset, you know, Jair's really, really, he was. He was one of the top corners. He was in the very good category. He was all these things, but the second half of the year, he was kind of horrible. So that's kind of where that comes from. Um, but anyways, then you look at the Patriots, and they've just got a, a freakish situation. Stephon Gilmore is one of the best corners in the NFL. Jason McCourty, very, very good. J.C. Jackson, very, very good. So they're set. they got three very good corners. Uh, looking at safety, you know, another not good situation. Tremont Williams and Josh Jones, Kentrell Bryce. Uh, you know, Tremont and Josh are both average. Kentrell Bryce is, is pretty terrible. We don't have any safeties. Now, I think you can maybe kind of get away with that if you have good corners, but we don't have that either. We have Jair, who's decent, nobody else at corner, nobody at safety. What in the world are we going to do? You look at uh, the New Orleans Saints, Von Bell and Marcus Williams. Nobody's necessarily elite, but they're good. They're both good. You look at the Rams, John Johnson the third, LaMarcus Joyner, both good safeties. You look at the Patriots, Devin McCourty, Patrick Chung. I mean, again, in typical Patriots fashion, there's just a, a list of guys that can all probably start and be better than what the Packers have. But uh, Devin McCourty and Patrick Chung are both very solid um, safeties. The one group that is somewhat similar, again, is the Chiefs. Um, but the, even the guys that they have are still better than the guys that we have. They don't have one good safety, but Eric Murphy, uh, Daniel Sorensen, these guys are at least above average. We don't have above average. So, as per usual, the secondary would be a very big weakness for the Packers. We don't have... We, we have the, the bodies. Somebody's got to teach these guys how to play football. I, I, I really do believe this is an area where we can grow exponentially without having to do anything in the draft or free agency. If we're wrong, if I'm wrong about that, we're in a lot of trouble. Because again, we go runner-runner, cornerback-cornerback, and we get one guy that's not terrible and one guy that is terrible. And we match him up with Kevin King, who's both really bad and hurt all the time, and then Bashad Breland, who you know just isn't all that great. Not a good situation. Uh, moving on to linebackers, the Saints are really the only team that have got a really good situation. Demario Davis is a uh, really solid guy. Even Monte Teo having a great year, limited snaps, but uh, behind them they've also got a lot of depth. Craig Robertson also, you know, good. So three guys that are that are quite good. Alex Anzalone also pretty solid. AJ Klein pretty decent. So just across the board, they're they're in the good to really good kind of range. Patriots, again, exact same situation. Nobody's really elite, but they've got three guys at least that are just kind of, Kyle Van Noy, Landon Roberts, uh, Dante Hightower. They're okay. They're all above average. Now, the Packers are Blake Martinez, who is graded as good, almost entirely because of his coverage grade. Beyond that, though, pretty terrible. Pretty similar to what the Rams have. Uh, they don't really have a Blake Martinez, but they've got a bunch of sort of mediocre guys. And then if you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, just horrible. They don't have any linebackers. They don't have anything. Reggie Ragland is garbage. Uh, Dorian O'Donnell is garbage. Anthony Hitchens is real garbage. Terrence Smith, real garbage. So, you know, can we improve it? Yeah. Do we need to improve it? I mean, the Chiefs make do. The Rams make do. 
So it'd be cool, I guess. But, um, you know, you get Jake Ryan back, you keep him on the team. Assuming we want to pay him. If we don't, then I don't really know. But I think Jake Ryan and Blake Martinez, even though not elite, it's at least a duo that's serviceable. And again, considering the lack of importance of that position, I'm kind of okay with that, I think. Looking at interior defenders, the defensive tackles, this is an area where every single team has got quite a bit to brag about. Um, the New England Patriots have Lawrence Guy, who was really dominant. Danny Shelton, not elite, but a, a good football player. You look at the Kansas City Chiefs, Chris Jones is elite. Uh, Xavier Williams is pretty decent. Uh, Derek Nadi is kind of turning a corner a little bit. You look at the Rams, Aaron Donald, there's just nobody better, and I mean that in every possible sense, including positionally. I mean, he's just... There's just nobody quite like him. Beyond that, they've got Indomitian Sue, who's pretty good. Uh, you look at the Saints, they've got uh, David Onyemata, Sheldon Rankins, both very good defensive tackle. Then you come over to the Packers, and nobody has depth at defensive tackle like the Packers. This is, this is one area, and it's, again, the reason why I said we have to hang on to our uh, defensive line coach, because this is really impressive. But we've got Kenny Clark, who is elite. We've got Tyler Lancaster, who's very good. Dean Lowry, who is very good. Mike Daniels, who is good. Muhammad uh, Wilkerson, who is very good. Even Montrevious Adams, who started the year terrible, got his way up into the good category. James Looney, not horrible, considering he's the worst guy we have, and he's still well above average. I mean, I'll take that all day long. So we don't have a problem at our defensive line. Now, Am I opposed to getting another defensive lineman? Not necessarily, but we kind of got to see. The biggest reason I say maybe we do is because I'm not sure how much I buy into Tyler Lancaster. Dean Lowry has been very up and down. Mike Daniels seems to be declining. Montrevious has been really horrible at times. I don't know how much I buy into that. Muhammad Wilkerson, I don't know if we're hanging on to. James Looney, I definitely don't know how much I buy into. There's a lot of question marks, and I could definitely see this group really regress. So would I mind getting another defensive tackle? No, I wouldn't. Um, but anyways, that's not an issue for us. Looking finally at, uh, edge defenders now, because obviously this is one of the big, um, one of the big issues for our team. So three of the teams that are currently in the playoffs have at least one elite edge rusher. The Saints have Cameron Jordan. Uh, the Chiefs actually have two in D Ford and Justin Houston. I mean, I don't know if you technically call it elite, but they're very close. And then, um, the New England Patriots have Trey Flowers. The Rams don't have anybody. Um, they don't even really have anybody that's good, but they have a lot of average. That's kind of similar to what the Packers have. Um, they have a better situation, but, you know, I, I, I guess, again, it's another situation where you look at it and just say, you really can't use this stuff as an excuse. You can't use it as a, as a, as a crutch. Good coaches and good teams find a way to make it work. You know, the, the, the Rams... They don't have good edge rushers. They don't have good linebackers. Um, you know, I, I just, they, they don't have as good of an offensive line as we have. It's just, they, they've got some, some pieces elsewhere, but they don't use, you're not going to find a Super Bowl championship team that had a perfect roster. Nobody does. A lot of these teams have def- deficiencies all over the place, but they overcome it. You know, Saints don't have very good corners. The Rams don't have edge rushers. The Chiefs don't have any linebackers. They don't really have any safeties. Uh, they, their offensive line is, is pretty bad, at least their interior. The Saints' interior is complete garbage. The uh, Patriots don't have very good linebackers. Uh, you know, their, their offensive line is not necessarily as elite. Their tackles aren't all that great. Uh, fullbacks are just kind of eh. Their wide receivers are just kind of eh. 
But you know what? Their offense just tears everybody apart, don't they? They don't have wide receivers like the Rams do, but you wouldn't know that watching them on Sunday. So to answer the question directly, I think in certain areas we are step for step with a lot of these teams. However, in other areas, especially our defensive backs, it's a problem. Defensive back and edge rusher are our biggest problems, in my opinion. We have to have safeties. As much as I've been banging the drum for guard, you know, eh. I, 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 it's just, man, I hate to even say it because it is important, but um, a lot of really good teams don't have an interior. The, again, the Saints have a horrific offensive interior. It is important. I, it wouldn't really upset me to go that route. But the big glaring issue right now is our defensive backs, especially safety, because I don't see anyone on the roster that I can say this is somebody that we can develop. Josh Jones is maybe the only one. Cornerbacks, I'm a little more hopeful because, again, we've got a lot of youth and they're early-round picks because they have a lot of talent. You look at Kevin King, his upside with his athleticism is through the roof. Josh Jackson with his ball-hawking abilities. Jair with his speed and, and quickness. But these are like the big glaring issues. But otherwise, again... That we, we've got Aaron Rodgers. We have Devontae Adams. Aaron Jones is, is phenomenal. Our offensive line is actually pretty solid and stacks up pretty well with, with Super Bowl caliber teams. So, I, you know, of these groups, you could probably argue that the Packers do have the worst roster, but it's, 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 it is, to, to, again, to answer the question directly, it is one or two players away. And some of these players may very well be on the roster. I think the tight ends could potentially get a big boost. With the guys that we have, I think the cornerbacks could get better just with the guys we have. You know, even Bashad Breeland, not only is it his first year with the Packers, but he only got half a year with the Packers. Give Bashad Breeland a, a full offseason to prepare with, with uh, Mike Pettin. Give the Packers, Josh Jackson and Jair, at, with, a, with a season under their belt, some time to kind of digest things, to go, you know, work out and get on the dietary and exercise regimen that the Packers put them on for the offseason, let them study the playbook, let them kind of do all this stuff, and then we get back into the, the new season and they can really study with Petten and, and do all this stuff and get prepared for the new season. I think the potential is there. And really, well, well, we'll pick four more teams here that are really bad and kind of analyze the, the difference to see the discrepancy. But uh, yeah, I would definitely say we're one or two away, and a lot of these may already be on the team. Definitely, when you consider the um, the draft and free agency, I, I think we have more than enough. Assuming we don't have a devastating injury or massive regression from, from some people, I absolutely think we have what it takes to get this job done. So with these bottom teams, and I'm going to try to fly through this a little quicker because we're already pretty short on time and I need to get going here pretty soon, but just a, a kind of rough overview. I went with a, the top four teams in the draft and I did not use the San Francisco 49ers though because their quarterback was on IR so I went the Arizona Cardinals, San Francisco 49ers, Oakland Raiders, and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So again starting right at the top you've got of this group you have one elite quarterback and yes his name is Aaron Rodgers. The only guy that was even close Ryan Fitzpatrick but we saw what happened with there. We saw the flashes and then he fell off. I mean it's it's just it's very inconsistent. You look at wide receivers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have the best group of anybody. Mike Evans is right about as good as Devontae Adams. Chris Godwin is almost as good as Mike Evans. Deshaun Jackson is almost as good as Chris Godwin. Adam Humphreys is almost as good as Deshaun Jackson. So they've got four pretty solid wide receivers. But um, nobody in this entire list is as good as Devontae Adams. Um, 
Devontae is the only one that you would probably put in that elite category. He's the only top 10 receiver. But again, depth is a real issue. But you look at uh, the Oakland Raiders. Jordy Nelson is their best receiver. Now, Jordy's better than any of our number twos, but you figure Jordy's number one, and their number twos are about as the same as our number twos. So they have a much worse situation than we do. Uh, you look at the New York Jets. They don't even have a number one. They've got a bunch of not even number twos. The same thing with the Arizona Cardinals. Larry Fitzgerald was good. Christian Kirk was good, except also on IR. But then you just have a lot of really bad wide receivers, not even average, really bad. So, no. Obviously, if I had to pick a group, it would be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers group. But I think the Packers would be number two on that list, even though we don't really have any depth, just because Devontae Adams is is, is where it's at. You look at the running backs. Um, obviously, what I've said about um, Aaron Jones being very, very good. You look at David Johnson. He was average. You look at Isaiah Crowell. He was technically good but not very good at all. He was graded as the 32nd best running back. Doug Martin, the 44th best running back. Peyton Barber, the 47th. I mean, they went out and got Ronald Jones. He didn't even see the field. He was so bad. He was was a guy that they just drafted. So not one of these teams really has a talented running back, with the exception maybe of the Jets and Isaiah Crowell. But, I mean, that's, that's essentially our competition when we look at the lower rungs. It's not even close. You look at tight ends, Tampa Bay does have... Pretty much anybody that's a receiver slash quarterback with Tampa Bay had relatively good but also inflated grades because just everybody went off the charts. O.J. Howard is actually the number one tight end in the NFL. Nobody's really talking about O.J. Howard. Actually, you know what? I'm sorry. It's number three again with those dumb numbers. But one of the best tight ends, nobody's talking about it because he's with Tampa. Um, Oakland Raiders, also some pretty decent tight ends. Lee Smith, Jared Cook, both of those guys were pretty solid. Chris Herndon uh, with the New York Jets was... Graded as good. So all of these teams, uh, wait, with the exception of the Arizona Cardinals, had at least one decent tight end. But we're still better than the Cardinals. But again, it's, 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 we do have to get better at tight end, but that's a, a low priority position. Uh, looking at offensive line, the Arizona Cardinals don't have anything. DJ Humphreys at tackle is the only guy that's even above average. You look at the New York Jets, horrible offensive line. Average is as good as it gets. Um, the Oakland Raiders do have Rodney Hudson, who's a decent center. They've got Gabe Jackson, who's a decent above average guard, nothing else. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, terrible center, mediocre guards, Caleb, uh, Beninock, horrific guard. Ali Marpet is the only semi-decent offensive lineman on this entire team. So you look at offensive line and that's something where you can look at it with the exception of the Saints interior, every single top team had at least two really good tackles. Most had a pretty decent offensive line as a whole. Every single one of these terrible teams has a terrible offensive line. So, you know, again, we're, we're comparing and contrasting the top four teams and the bottom four teams. Packers are obviously a lot closer to the top four than the bottom four. Cornerbacks, Tampa Bay Buccaneers don't have one. The Oakland Raiders don't have one. The Jets who've Tremaine Johnson who's pretty decent, but they're pretty similar to the Packers situation where Tremaine Johnson is decent and then kind of nobody else. Arizona Cardinals have Patrick Peterson. He is a a good cornerback. He's the best of anybody, including the Packers, but they have nobody else beside that. I mean, they don't even have very many bodies, much less talented bodies. Safeties is an area, again, we're lacking. Um, The only team that's somewhat close is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who really don't have any safeties. 
but you look at Oakland with Carl Joseph and Eric Harris, both pretty good safeties. You look at uh, the New York Jets with Jamal Adams and Marcus May. Marcus May was on IR, but he will be back. Both of those guys, incredible tandem. Um, and then the Arizona Cardinals with uh, Trey Boston and DJ Swearinger, both pretty solid safeties. So, again, Packers are deficient at defensive back. And considering this is a passing league, it's going to really be tough to compete if you don't have good defensive backs. Even if you can be the 2011 Packers, the problem is, like I've talked about, when you get into the playoffs, it's about having a sort of hardened team that can play defense, right? It's guys that can just shut you down. We keep seeing that. Teams just keep getting getting embarrassed. They keep getting shut down. They can't operate. Their offense just can't move. They're suffocating the other team. The Packers are never going to be able to suffocate anybody because you, you don't have corners and you don't have safeties. So you get to that point, and it's just, again, the same game where Aaron Rodgers has to just blow everybody out of the water. We can't do that, man. I mean, the fact that the, the bottom teams in the NFL all at least have safeties, and we, I mean, maybe that, that's probably why safeties are so cheap, because everybody's got them now. Everybody's got safeties. Everybody's got, like, two safeties. We don't have one. <laughs> but it also goes to show we'll, we'll probably get one in free agency, because most teams already have them. So the Packers have more of a need for it, which means they're willing to allocate more to it. And the price is probably still going to be pretty low because not a lot of teams are, are fighting over these guys. So I, I don't know. If I had to guess, I would say we're getting a safety in free agency. Uh, linebacker Arizona has Josh Bynes. So pretty similar situation to the Packers. Josh Bynes is uh, sort of like Blake Martinez, at least as far as his grade. Everybody else is pretty terrible. Uh, the Jets have some pretty good linebackers. Avery Williamson, Darren Lee, both pretty solid guys. Um, Tampa Bay, pretty similar. Levante David, solid linebacker, nobody else. Um, Oakland Raiders have... Um, I, I messed that up. They have, they have nobody. I was looking at the wrong group there. So we compare to the lower-rung teams as far as linebacker, but we also compare to some of the higher-rung teams because, again, you look at the Chiefs, and they probably have the worst group of anybody, including these lower-tiered teams, including the Raiders, including the Packers. As far as interior, the only team that really compares is the New York Jets, and they compare really well. Um, Mike Pinnell, guy that was with the Packers for a long time, I actually really liked him. Never thought he'd be this good, but he's pretty solid. He's borderline elite, almost, uh, th- well, 360 snaps, not a super small sample size. But Steve McClendon, very good. Leonard Williams, very good. Henry Anderson, very good. So um, similar to the Packers, but maybe to an even higher degree, except they don't exactly have a Kenny Clark. They don't have anyone quite that good. Um, Arizona Cardinals don't really have anybody with talent. Oakland Raiders don't really have anyone with talent, even though they're very proud of Maurice Hurst and what he's done this year, and P.J. Hall, what he's done. They're all just kind of mediocre across the board. Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Gerald McCoy and Vita Vea, both pretty good interior guys. No real depth behind that, though. So the Packers have a pretty good situation there. You look finally at edge rushers with these really bad teams. Tampa Bay does not really have anyone. Carl Nassib is about as good as it gets, and uh, he's not very good. Oakland Raiders, edge rushers, nobody. New York Jets, edge rushers, yeah, not really anybody very good. You look at Arizona Cardinals, edge rushers. Um, even Chandler Jones, even though Chandler Jones and Benson Mayoa were okay, Neither of these guys were really very good. So what do we have in common with the lower-tier teams? No edge rushers. So it's pretty obvious, in my opinion anyways, that we are much closer to the Super Bowl-caliber teams than the the bottom-rung teams, right? The, these guys in the lower rungs really don't have any elite players. The Packers have several. Um, the, the biggest discrepancies that the Packers have, in my opinion, 
defensive backs. I know edge rusher is very, very, very important, and we definitely need to get that. But if it, again, in a passing league, if we don't have corners and safeties, we're not going to get anywhere. I mean, we, we can get in the playoffs. I think with the roster we have, with better coaching, we can get into the playoffs. I struggle to see how we win a Super Bowl if we can't play against the pass. I just don't see it. I mean, the one time we did win a Super Bowl, the defense was actually pretty good. We've never, even with better offenses, we're talking about Kansas City Chiefs-style offenses, better than anybody, 2011, even 2012, 2009, whatever, awesome offenses. We can't win a Super Bowl, though, if we don't have a better defense. So that's what we need. Hopefully, again, we can develop the corners we have. We have to get safeties. We really need to find some edge rushers. But if we can develop the corners we have, if we can develop the tight ends we have, and then go out and get, I mean, you know, get an Earl Thomas, get a number two, uh, and the reason I say an Earl Thomas, first of all, is because I, I don't really buy into a lot of the other safeties. Earl is, is the one kind of guarantee in my mind, despite the injury history and all that. He fixes that position. You know, you can play cover one with Earl Thomas just roving in the backfield and figure everything else out from there. You get a number two wide receiver. You can find that easily in the draft. You can find that probably pretty easily in uh, in free agency. And then edge rusher, right? First round, get one. In my opinion, that that pretty much that that solves everything. I mean, it's it's not perfect, but it gets us to where there's just there's there's not a single excuse. Aaron Rodgers, elite. Devontae Adams, elite. Then we got a number two guys, and we're developing Equinemius and Marquez again. That's maybe we could just develop them. It'd be nice to try to go outside a little bit. Running backs, Aaron Jones, as good a runner as you'll find. Um, tight ends, try to develop them. Offensive line is pretty solid. If we can find one guy to kind of fill up and, and improve the guard spot, fine, great, fourth, fifth round guy, maybe a free agent, don't really care. Cornerbacks, Jair takes a step. Josh Jackson and Kevin King and Bashad Breeland. If we can just get one of these guys to be good, if we can get one of these guys to play up to the level that Jair did and take Jair up to the next level, make him a top 20 cornerback instead of a top 50, you know, instead of being 32nd in the NFL, be 15th. And Josh Jackson, if we can get him, instead of being the 93rd best corner, if he can be the 32nd best corner, we're kind of getting somewhere. Kevin King, be top 50. Bashad, top 50. Just based on development, that's that's awesome. Safeties, we don't really have anybody. we got to go outside. There's not a lot in the draft. So whatever, go find somebody. Maybe Josh Jones can take a step. I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm skeptical of, of Raven Green. I'm interested in Ibrahim Campbell, as I said. 114 snaps. He was graded out as basically elite. Obviously very skeptical of that, but there's obviously something to work with there. But I think that's going to be a big one. Linebackers, again, you know, if we can develop Oren Burks a little bit, if Jake Ryan can come back and Blake Martinez, I, I think we'll be okay. Interior is fine. And then again, you know, get a Josh Allen. Or, you know, if he's gone, I get you know what, I'm actually starting to turn a corner on Montez Sweat a little bit. I went and watched him yesterday. Uh, I think he was playing against Ole Miss. I kind of liked it, man. I kind of liked what I saw a little bit. And his stats kind of speak for itself. He's a double-digit sack guy every year in college. And, you know, they're playing 12, 13 games, so we're talking 10 and a half, 11 sacks in 12 games. That's a sack a game. It's college, but still, you know, a guy like that, whatever. So yeah, I, I think the biggest thing is going to be the coaching, though. I think with, with better coaching, if you get a Sean McVay or an Andy Reid or a Frank Reich or any of these guys that can really develop and build a program around the guys they have, if we have that in Lafleur and Hackett and all these guys, if they can actually bring that, 
I think this team is already playoff caliber. Are they Super Bowl caliber? Probably not, primarily because I don't think our pass defense is good enough. You know, you know, whatever. Guys were on IR, guys got hurt, fine. But I think I do genuinely think the Packers are close, and I do think we're within striking distance. I think with the draft, with the amount of capital, with the free agent capital that we have, I think we're I think we're right there, man. Nobody can predict the future. I don't know who's going to regress. I don't know who's going to get better. I don't know any of that stuff. But again, with the right coaching, with all that stuff, I genuinely don't see any reason why, at the very least, we're not in the playoffs. If it, Just an improved offense, getting this Packers team back to being typical Packers offense should be enough to win the division. I mean, genuinely, the, the, the Vikings are kind of on a downward swing. You know, the offense, they're, they're obviously going to try to find a way to revitalize that. But, um, you know, the, the defense is also on a downward swing. The salary cap is not necessarily in their favor. You look at the Bears, I think we're starting to see their limitations. I think they, they, they peaked. I don't see them doing what they did again. Um, not only did they lose Fangio, and Fangio is purging that entire defensive staff, but, again, you've got a lot of guys over there that have played the best games of their entire career, and they, they're at the pinnacle. I don't think Akeem Hicks is going to duplicate what he did. You know, Khalil Mack probably can. But a lot of these guys, the, the corners and the safeties, just playing absolutely out of their minds for Fangio and that group. Um, I do expect regression. And then, uh, you know, again, we're, we're just kind of left with what can the Bears offense do? And, and you get a guy like Nagy, and the thing is, a lot of it's new. It's his first year, so a lot of this is unscouted looks. Lafleur, at this point in time, is already on top of on top of scouting his own players and going through that process and the hiring and all that stuff. He's going to start today looking at Matt Nagy and saying, okay, this is what he did. This is what he does. Let's let's figure out how to stop it, as well as everybody else in the NFL. All right, you get you get a one year, you know, reprieve. So in other words, yeah, I expect them to regress. And then you look at the Detroit Lions, and they're just kind of a mess. Where are they going to improve? They got the same quarterback. I I just I think there's several 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 pieces away. They don't have edge rushers. They don't really have linebackers. They don't have corners. They don't really have safeties. It's it's going to be tough sledding. So again, just getting the offense. I mean, if, if we get sort of a Matt Nagy-ish thing where he, where he can elevate pretty garbage players to be as good as they were, but replace Trubisky with Rodgers, replace Allen Robinson with Devontae Adams, right? You start replacing the guys that they have with the guys we have, but keep that kind of scheme. It's crazy. But who knows? We'll see if that actually happens. But yes, to answer the question, I do think we're a couple players away. Um, and to, again, elaborate, I think a lot of the players that we are away are already on the roster. It's a matter of we have to develop these guys. We have to be a team that can develop the talent we have. The cornerback position is fixed. It's solved. We've invested plenty in it. We need to start seeing a return on this investment or we're going to be in trouble. And we'll figure it out. I mean, if they start drafting corners, if they go in free agency to get corners, that's going to tell us everything we need to know. And that's a really bad thing because guys like Gutekunst and Lafleur and, and Petten they're analyzing the roster as it is, and they have to make those determinations. Is the talent in there? Can it be developed? Or are we kind of in trouble and we need to start over? If they start going out getting corners, that means they don't believe in these guys, even after one year. But anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. You folks have yourselves a fantastical day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.